Welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. This is Kyle Fredrickson. I'm joined by Ryan O'Halloran. It's week 14, and the Broncos are headed to the Bay. They're going to the 49ers this week, the 2-10 and 10 Niners. Uh, a lot to talk about off of three straight wins. But, Ryan, the headlines this week, injuries, right? I mean, when you have your number one cornerback go down in a game, and then the following week of practice, your number one receiver go down both of these guys with injuries one of them for sure eliminating him from the rest of the season the other guy we think it could be a very high likelihood how big of a gut punch just initial reaction wise ryan is 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 this for a team that's hoping to to make a playoff push yeah it's it's a it's a big loss big losses um that's your number one corner it's your number one receiver and it's not even really close uh so to you know lose chris harris on friendly fire i think it was todd davis who need him in the back of the leg and uh, broke a bone. And then three days later, Emmanuel Sanders is in practice, non-contact, and he tears his Achilles. So misfortune, but um, the show must go on. And I'm sure the Broncos coaches this week are at the drawing board saying, okay, who fits where, who can we trust more, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to go into what happened on Wednesday, Ryan, because it was kind of a strange situation. Right about noon, the Broncos opened up their practice for their media viewing uh, period. And for those who don't know, 10, 15 minutes, the Broncos get started with individual drills. It's lighthearted. It's nothing intense. Just gets a chance for the cameras to to get on these guys. Gets a lot of B-roll for the TV stations and such. Um, I'm inside talking to Kyle Shanahan, the Niners coach, on the phone, even asking him during that media teleconference uh, about Sanders. I'm planning to write about Sanders and and how well he stepped into this leadership role. He's kind of been the the celebration choreographer. I was looking forward to diving into some of that. Um, And then all of a sudden, my my phone starts getting some vibrations of some notifications going on and Ryan you're outside just take us through what you saw when Sanders went down and, and sort of just the unusual nature of, of how these injuries can can happen sometimes well it's the third time this year that they've lost a player in practice Jake Butt and Max Garcia tore their ACLs by all, by all reports non-contact we weren't out there for those where I was probably standing 20 yards from Manuel Sanders and you know he was you know, they're running routes against air, so no def- no defenders. So he shuffled from uh, left to right, and he planted to go upfield and didn't, crump- didn't crumble to the ground, but sort of stumbled and then went down and did a soft landing. And, you know, you could, he, you could tell that uh, he was injured, but you don't think Achilles at that point. Uh, but, you know, he took off his helmet. Bill Musgrave, Zach Azani, trainers are all there. And I've talked to guys before who've torn their Achilles, and they said it's not it's not really pain. It feels like you get kicked in the calf, but it's more you know what happened, so you're just PO'd. And that sort of was Sanders' uh, emotion, I think. And, you know, by, by uh, a couple hours later, they put him on IR and, and claimed Andre Holmes off waivers, who has a Bill Musgrave background. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of adjustments going to be made for both of these players going down. Let's stick with Sanders since we're talking about him now. Andre Holmes, uh, a guy who suddenly becomes the Broncos' uh, most career-wise productive receiver, 127 catches, uh, 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns, over a pretty long career of kind of sparing play. So by no means does he become the Broncos' number one option, I wouldn't assume. The Broncos have some pieces they really like. Uh, what do you make of how this shuffles the hierarchy 
you. For me, Ryan, Sutton has sort of flashed all those tools to run the full route tree and be the number one guy, and he has that. But I'm really interested to see what Deshaun Hamilton does with really kind of that true slot role. Do you think we'll see kind of the Broncos rely on a quick passing game to get Hamilton more involved in ways that maybe we haven't seen before? Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, You just have not seen enough of Deshaun Hamilton to say, okay, where does he – where is he most productive? He only has five catches. You work him inside. Do you put River Craycraft inside? Uh, Tim Patrick is an outside bigger body guy like Cortland Sutton, so you put those two guys uh, outside. So, you know, with Holmes this week, I think they'll give him a package of plays saying, hey, learn this by Saturday, and then we'll regroup on Monday. And they have a short week before the Cleveland game. So, uh, you know, for him, you know, if he can provide a little bit of production, you know, leadership, that's not going to happen. He just got here. He doesn't yeah. know these guys. But, you know, if you had to look at the biggest beneficiaries, it's Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick. That said, Cortland Sutton now moves up to number one receiver. You visited with him yesterday. What's his confidence level in this new role? Well, here's a guy who's exuded confidence through this whole process. You know, he, he really faced these similar questions when DT went down. And we've seen how he's responded since then. A little bit inconsistent a couple weeks ago, a couple drops, and then uh, the game out in Cincinnati with the long touchdown. So, you know, in terms of what he's told the media, it's been all the right things. He's felt like he's been ready for this moment. The the phrase uh, he likes to use uh, is don't flinch. Uh, he says that he doesn't flinch. He says the team doesn't. Um, so from that standpoint, I think he's confident enough to own that role. The Broncos foresee him in that role for the future and I think in terms of this position group Ryan it's not as big of a hit right the Broncos are deep at receiver they're these are young guys who are unproven but have incredibly high ceilings maybe not in the same way that this defensive backfield has with the Harris injury is that fair yeah and and real quick on the on the receivers when we wrap that part up yeah is okay Bill Musgrave's options I like Devontae Booker playing more. You can line him up as a receiver in motion, maybe get him against the linebacker. If you have two receivers, two backs, and one tight end, the defense is probably going to stay in base personnel. Keep Philplins in the backfield or Royce Freeman. So I think this impacts not just the receivers but the tight ends, so Matt Lacoste and Brian Parker, but also the running backs is – as Vance always says, you pass to get a lead and you run it to keep it. Well, you still got to pass it. This is a, you know, that's what you're going to have to do. So I think eventually Cortland Sutton was going to get a chance to be a number one. He's going to be a number one at week one because Manuel Sanders, even if he's under contract here, he's not going to be ready for week one in 2019. So he gets a head start on his role potentially for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Philip Lindsay also just one last touch on that. He's got 25 catches for 189 yards. He's been used so much, I think maybe the Broncos might want to mitigate some of that. But a proven pass catcher who, who could help as well, right? Well, I'd tell Philip Lindsay this week, you're getting 20-plus carries the rest of the season. I'd tell Devontae Booker, hey, you're more of a catcher than a – runner and Royce Freeman be ready for 12 14 carries this goal this team's goal should be carried 35 times a game you'll pass to get that lead and then use your run game your pass rush to take your game take a win to the finish line so you know Phil Blensey had 19 carries last week for 157 yards and two touchdowns he's not going to be you know rarely do guys have 20 25 carries back to back to back weeks but 
I think he should be in that sweet spot of 16 to 20 uh, moving forward. Yeah, for sure. So, Ryan, with that, let's flip it just a little bit. Here's a, an injury we've had more time to digest and, and even write about in the Denver Post if you guys have been keeping up with all of our coverage. Uh, losing Chris Harris, uh, this has been a Broncos defensive backs unit that we have talked about in the podcast at length having issues all year long. This one seems like it's impossible to make up by the end of the year. Uh, they signed Jamar Taylor. Uh, they pick him up off of waivers, actually. A guy who's a former second-round pick in 2013. Uh, went to Boise State, made stops with the Dolphins, the Browns, the Cardinals uh, the last time uh, he was playing football uh, in October. Uh, 41 starts and three picks. Sort of similar to Andre Holmes, a guy who has experience, but something that doesn't jump off the page. For you, the biggest shift that needs to happen, is it going to be a guy like Jamar Taylor really stepping up? Or do the Broncos like what they have in, in Roby and a healthy Tremaine Brock uh, to at least sure things up and, until maybe Harris can come back? Well, Jamar Taylor is going to have to play. He was on the street. Because as a veteran, he was cut, uh, so he, you know, he didn't go through the claiming process. But he played the Broncos two months ago. I think his signing was an indication that Tremaine Brock is not going to be ready this week. He was on a side field on Wednesday with that rib injury. The guy who has a great opportunity here is Isaac Adam, the rookie. Um, he's clearly the next guy up ahead of Brendan Langley. What you like about Yadam, he's not afraid to play physical. He got a penalty for it the other day. But the key for him and Roby and these defensive coaches have to stress this, is you cannot play too soft in coverage and give up these short completions because Bradley Roby especially has shown that he's going to miss tackles. They'll have him on a touchdown against Cincinnati. So Roby, you know, you're not going to – they're, they're going to take the field on Sunday without a number one because Bradley Roby does not move inside. So decisions for the Broncos are do you put safety Justin Simmons inside over the slot receiver? I think they do. I think Will Parks will get some help there or help out there. So Yadam will play outside. Roby will stay outside. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they use Jamar Taylor. Is he just an insurance policy this week? But uh, if you had to say who's the, like we did with receivers, who the biggest beneficiary is, it's clearly Isaac Yadam. I wanted to touch on Justin Simmons because I saw you chatting with him in the locker room. How impressive is it for a guy to do what he's doing right now? He's playing every snap. He's being as versatile as you can essentially be at this point, going into to nickel corner, coming from that safety spot. Is this unique in the NFL to have a guy who can do as much as, as what he's doing? It is. Um, you know, A lot of teams would just say, hey, uh, we don't trust our safety enough in man coverage. Clearly the Broncos do out of necessity, but then they kept him there throughout that game. You know, he understands routes and angles, how to get, you know, how to be physical without committing a penalty. So my question is, okay, Darian Stewart has looked a little slower as the season's gone on. Missed a couple of tackles last week. I like Will Parks back there. Um, maybe Darian Stewart can move him a little bit closer to the line, help out run support. In the nickel, I think they go two corners, three safeties. In dime, I think they go two corners, four safeties with Sua, Sua Cravens being that fourth safety. Roby and Yadam, stay out there. Have your safeties where you have depth. Take advantage of that in your sub package. Definitely a situation across the board for the Broncos. So many young players stepping into roles uh, they're not accustomed to. We talked about that last week on the podcast. But let's wrap up with this, Ryan. 
how devastating are these injuries to the Broncos playoffs chances I mean they're already a long shot you wrote about this week five teams really competing for that last AFC wildcard berth are we going to look back and say boy what if these guys were healthy down the stretch maybe the Broncos would have had a shot I mean we'll have to see how things play out but in the grand scheme of things is this really a, a, a killer no, and Mark Kisla alluded to this is this happened late enough this season. These guys, these rookies have played a lot of football, but if we are sitting here doing a podcast on December 31st, the day after the Charger game, they're not in the playoffs and they have lost a game or two, we'll look back saying, hey, teams were able to throw it against the Broncos at will. They're going to throw it quick to negate the pass rush. That's what Cincinnati did. And... You know, the offensive line injuries, they were able to overcome those so far. Uh, trading Demarius Thomas, they were able to, you know, bounce back from that, even though that was their choice. But when you lose a cover corner like Chris Harris and a number one receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, at some point, things just break. And uh, we'll see uh, what happens against the 49ers on Sunday. I think the Broncos are good enough to get by this game. They may be good enough to get by Cleveland and Oakland, but uh, I think it's going to be, it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing. Let's no. put it that way. No, not not by any measure. And it's week 14, a lot of injury bug for the team. We're pretty healthy though, Ryan. We've we've made it uh, huh. without without any major injuries, right? No, no, got no a, IR assignments. Got a pain in my side. <laughs> the quote George Costanza. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some wood here to knock. <laughs> yeah. Um, usually once a year I get a flu. Oh gosh. But uh, I've, uh, maybe the drier air has helped me out yeah, this there year. There you go. That's right. That's right. And uh, a surging Broncos team, some surging health for us maybe when. We'll, we'll pin it on that. Uh, on that note, we'll let you guys go. Uh, as always, we appreciate you listening to the First and Orange podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us. Uh, get those notifications sent to your mobile device. You can listen to us a couple times a week. Uh, of course, all of our written content is featured online at denverpost.com. Uh, get old school and pick up that print edition when you get a chance as well. Uh, we always have some great Sunday content, some great visuals uh, you guys can get. Also, as a member, as a subscriber of the Denver Post, uh, get that thing delivered to you one day a week all of our online access it's like eight bucks a month that's ridiculously cheap so uh be sure to follow us along as we get closer to the niners week and we will drop another pod uh to get you guys ready for the game as well uh and thanks for dropping by